Lisa likes the window seat at night, the lights below that tell her she's nearly home. Then there's the lights she can't see, the runway lights we power to bring her plane safely into land. And because at Energia we also power all of Ireland's streetlights, Lisa's taxi home is that bit safer too. And no prizes for guessing who powers her house. Welcome home, Lisa. Energia, the power behind your power. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing this week? I am swell. I am very curious about how your Dynasty teams are doing. Last week, we, we skipped the week, but last we talked, basically you had about a million teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing as well. I, I, we can say maybe just real life got in the way last week or, or what have you, but I, I think I'm in mourning over losing so many uh, of these playoff games. I, I did start with... Uh, every single team, every single dynasty team I have in the playoffs, and that changed pretty quickly. That changed really quickly, actually. I've, um, after the past two weeks of, of a couple rough games, I've got five teams still alive, so five, five championship games coming up this week, but that's, that's out of about uh, 16, 17 leagues. Yeah, I, I think I asked you two weeks ago if I gave you – Four or five guaranteed championships would you take it? And you were kind of like, eh, uh, something along those lines. That that was not a wise choice. I should have taken. <laughs> I should have taken the guarantee. Um, we'll we'll see what happens. I've I've still got you know still got a few teams alive. What about you? I got. I'm in seven leagues. One team didn't make the playoffs, and I'm getting the second spot. That's a total rebuild. Yeah. One team that had no business being in the playoffs went and lost in the second round, which was fine. And my two hyperactive teams, one of which I was undefeated last year, both just got eliminated. But that leaves me three. I mean, three out of seven, I'm in the Super Bowl. It's yeah. not so bad. No, nope. Good, good odds there. Sounds like a successful season. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens this week, I guess. There, there has been a lot of debate and, and we can probably even say whining, right? Complaining about what we saw the, the past couple of weeks, but really, especially last week, we we, no doubt. we saw some some disappointing performances from some of the league's best players. Some some of the guys we've counted on all year uh, j- just didn't show up. We had some early game injuries that that really threw some people off. Obviously, the Keenan Allen thing. Um, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones was another one. Those those were a couple uh, key ones that really really put people on tilt. And and then you've got basically guys who were on the waiver wire two or three weeks ago, right? Damian Williams was the, I think he was the running back two for the week, something like that. Um, And and when you're the guy that grabs Damian Williams and and starts him, that feels great. But for for everybody else, it is, it is so frustrating. And um, well, Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, Derrick Henry's right. a, a, a whole a whole other story. But we've got 
we're going to answer some listener questions today, and we've actually got one kind of along those lines. So we'll we'll save a little bit of that conversation. Uh, but yes, people have not been happy in in the dynasty community, the fantasy community in general. No doubt. Let's get these questions. We got a lot. Let's do it. We do. We do. I think we're we're going to end up with a couple shows again. I think, uh, which which is a good problem to have. Lots of. Lots of topics to talk about this time of year. Some teams are obviously still alive and and playing for right now. Many other teams thinking about 2019 and beyond. We're going to start with a question from Samuel. I told Samuel on Twitter I thought this was a fun question, so we're going to kick off the show with it. He says, if you're in a 12-team super flex league, how many players from the 2017 draft class would you trade a random first rounder for Samuel says he's, he counts 23 and, and, and he's just amazed at the depth of that class from, uh, from two years ago. So I, I made my list. Samuel didn't share his with me. I think we have a lot of, uh, a lot of no brainers, definite, uh, players that we would trade a random first for. So again, he mentioned it's a super flex league that puts Trubisky Mahomes, obviously Deshaun Watson, I think all three of those guys are definites. Uh, you, oh, yeah. you can stop me if you disagree with any of these. Okay, ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know about that running back class. Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook, Mixon, Kamara, uh, James Conner now in that range, certainly. I think Tariq Cohen is in that range. Aaron Jones. Uh, the, the wide receivers, Corey Davis, Juju. Did you say Hunt? I'm sorry. I, I didn't say Hunt. He's, he's on okay. the list. We'll come back to him. Yeah, all right, good, good. All right, wide receivers, Corey Davis, Juju. Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, those four I think are locks. Uh, and then the tight ends I think are interesting. I, certainly I would say George Kittle is is a definite at a this lock, point. Yeah. Uh, you've got the other three who, who were once considered the big three tight ends, and we can start the conversation there. Now, again, in a super flex league, I know this is your first first year. You're wrapping up your first year in a super flex league. Those rookie picks are worth more. You've got – You've got quarterbacks who, in a typical the league, bigger. right? You've got quarterbacks who may not have a ton of value in a in a typical one quarterback league, but now, uh, now their value obviously shoots up, and those late first rounders, second rounders, and so on are worth much more than they might have been. So, Howard Ingram and Joku, all still worth a first rounder for you. <sighs> I'm really enamored with Howard. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. And in this conversation with the Ertzes and Kelsey soon. So, yes, I'm really liking what I've seen from Engram lately. But that was with Odell out. You know, I mean, that seems to be a direct correlation, of course. I think that one's borderline. I think Najoku's borderline. I'm still high on him. But, you know, would you rather have Najoku or, you know, Josh Allen? You know, you know what I mean? Like a, a Joe Average quarterback that's coming to the league next year. Yeah, I think it's close. Yeah, I think it's close as well. I'm I'm going to say two of those guys, Kittle, and I think I agree with you. I think it's Howard. Uh, in, in this format, I'm going to leave Ingram and, and Joku out of the list, but certainly close. Uh, let's go back to the running backs. We've got a lot of guys who you can make a case for, and we'll start with the guy you mentioned, Kareem Hunt. We're not going to hash out that story. Um, is he worth a first-rounder right now? I think so. Young. Good. I think somebody picks him up soon, like this offseason. I, I bet he's somebody's starter next year, maybe post-suspension. But I don't think... This sounds really cold. I don't mean it to be. 
I don't think it's quite to the Ray Rice level. And, you know, Mixon got drafted and was forgiven. And Hunt, I guess, is in um, counseling and rehab for it. And, you know, he's still a really good player. So, like Mixon, I have a feeling he's going to be someone's starter not long after the event. Yeah, I think I think you're probably right on that, honestly. And, and we do have – we've got another question about Kareem Hunt coming up, so we won't get into – uh, his value too much yet. I, I just don't think I'd give a first rounder for him, and especially if you if you term it as a random first rounder with the potential to be a high one. Uh, I, for me, he's he's off the list. Uh, some other running backs we can run through. You, these you know what? It kind of reminds me like Josh Gordon a year ago or two years ago. Right, right. Is, like, are you? Yeah, are you maybe willing, I'll do it. Maybe I won't. All right. Yeah, are you willing to hang on to him for up to a year with no return? But you're not going to get him for a second, you know. Like no one's going to just give him away. Oh, I think you could get him for a second, actually. Really? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about his value. All right, uh, all right. Marlon Mack. I don't like him that much, but maybe I'm just wrong. So yes. Okay. All right. I'm. I'm. We're disagreeing on a lot of these. I'm going to say no on Marlon Mack. Chris Carson. No. No. Austin Eckler. No. Matt Breda. No. Okay. Agree on all of those, but again, that just shows the depth of this of this class. Just in the running backs, there's a dozen guys or more that we at least had to discuss. Uh, wide receivers: Mike Williams, random first rounder. That's about as close as you can get. You're like, would you rather have Ingram, Najoku, Mike Williams, random first rounder? I'll take any of the above. Yeah, he was. I was thinking he was similarly valued to the tight ends as well. Curtis Samuel. No. No, not there yet. Chris Godwin. No. Mm, that's a close one for me. All right, so that puts us uh I guess I guess we disagreed a little bit, but that puts us uh somewhere around 20. Um Samuel said he counted 23, so he's maybe he likes those tight ends a little more than we do or a couple of the running backs, but the point is, wow, that 2017 class. We were certainly certainly spoiled um and, and I know people are concerned about the 2019 class. It's not going to be anything like that, no matter no matter what you think about it. Next, I bet there were some first-year dynasty players in 2017 like, oh, this is easy. Exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. I, I know that was the case in, in 2014. We had that wide receiver that class oh, yeah. with Beckham and Evans and Cooks and you know a, a ton of guys that I'm oh, forgetting, yeah. but uh, so many great players and – yeah, it seemed like it did seem easy. You just sit back and you take all rookies and your team ends up really good. As long as you don't take Bishop Sankey, you're fine. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a, a life rule always. <laughs> Next question from Brian. Who are some end-of-season free agent flyers we should target in deep dynasty formats? So I've got a list here, and Matt, you can share your thoughts on some of these guys. I, I basically, basically looked at the latest DLF Dynasty ADP and looked for players who were undrafted across the board, um, just just not getting drafted at all. So that that data goes 240 players deep. So yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of deep. But these guys that's pretty deep. These guys are some combination of unproven young players with a couple of uh, couple of veterans thrown in that I'm I'm not quite ready to give up on. First one might seem kind of obvious after last week, Nick Foles, uh, back 
back as the starter with the Eagles and it, it couldn't be better timing for him as he is about to enter free agency. Uh, and I actually heard people debating that maybe he's a better quarterback, a better quarterback fit for the Eagles than Carson Wentz. I know that's blasphemy for you. That is blasphemy for me. Um, but he might be the Jag starter next year or Giants or something like that or sitting with a Rosen or – Maybe the Eagles even bring him back, depending how bad Wentz's back is. Well, if we believe the reports, they turned down multiple trade offers for him last offseason. So uh, there's certainly interest, and again, he's going to be a free agent. He's going to, it seems, finish out the season uh, for the Eagles in, in these last two games, and uh, he'll have a shot in a one-quarterback league. He's he's probably on the waiver wire in, in most leagues. Maybe that changed uh, last week when he was announced as the starter, but he's probably still out there. Kyle Oletta, New York Giants, the rookie. We haven't seen much of him. He got some mop-up duty a couple weeks ago uh, against the Redskins and did not look good in his first action. I think he was 0 for 4 or 5 and threw an interception. Do you do you think they view him as, as the future there? They're already talking about bringing Eli back for 2019. I don't. I mean, it wouldn't blow me away, but I can't believe that they come back with the same stable. Uh, maybe they don't land a first-round quarterback, but I bet they get someone, and Lillette's a no for me. I think he's a lifetime, 10-year backup in the league. Who He's Frank Reich. Yeah, so in a one-quarterback league, you're not, not even bothering with him. I'm not. Lots of running backs. Most of these guys are young. A lot of rookies on here that uh, we just don't know yet. Uh, I really liked the the pair of uh, rookies that Minnesota had in camp. Mike Boone, they stuck with. Rock Thomas, they cut. I think he's currently a free agent. Maybe he's on a practice squad. Uh, like both of those guys, again, we're talking deep dynasty leagues that uh, these guys are just sitting out there and yeah, when in doubt, grab a talent yeah, running back. You drop your defense. You drop Damian Williams <laughs> once you're eliminated, right? No no future there. You take a shot on one of these guys. Corey Grant, Jag- Jaguars backup, landed on IR early in the season. I believe he's also a free agent. Free agent. We'll see what happens well, Yeldon's there. probably going to leave. Well, if you look at that team, and, and another guy I've got on my list is, is David Williams, this rookie that they gave second-half carries to last week. They put Fournette on the bench, and – Wanted to see what what this guy that I've honestly never heard of, David Williams, they want to see what he had. They're ready to move on from Hyde. That was a disaster move. He's not a free agent, but certainly is going to be cut. Yeldon's a free agent. Corey Grant, like I said, pretty sure he's a free agent as well. So that's that's what pushes them to a guy like David Williams in the second half of week 15. Let's see if we've got our backup. Uh, for 2019 or not and Fournette's hurt all the time yeah yeah yeah. Uh, maybe what do you think about Jeremy Hill he also landed on IR Patriots didn't see anything out of him this year all right I never liked him though (laughs) even when he was quote good it's obviously a crowded backfield I don't think he'll be back Uh, I think that's a reach for me Bo Scarborough he just signed with Seattle yeah uh no, <laughs> I mean there's three guys I like better in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, and then kind of kind of a similar deal. Boston Scott, he was with the Saints. Uh, 
in where's the, he now in the preseason he is with the eagles now he he got signed by the eagles just a couple weeks ago they'll add it back yeah, I, i'm not buying that yeah we're talking deep. you are here. deep yeah you are deep if i'm picking one of those guys it's probably Corey grant yes i agree because yeah, i think the jags should bring him back wide receivers a, a little more appealing uh richie james i think is probably on some waiver wires uh, like like him in San Francisco, Deion Kane we've talked about quite a bit when we've gotten questions similar to this. If he's on your waiver wire, I would certainly grab him. A couple of rookies we haven't seen too much from this year that I would definitely take a chance on. Deontay Burnett, Dylan Cantrell. Uh, Burnett is with the Jets. Cantrell is with the Chargers now. Uh, what about Laquan Treadwell? Ooh. Is, I is, guess. Yeah, is, I mean, is he even worth a roster spot? Really deep. I mean, maybe you hope he lands in a new team after his first year's done, first contract's done, and but you hope he ends up with the Saints and they turn him into Marquise Colston or something. But man, you're really hoping. The the interesting thing about him is, of all these guys we've talked about, he's he's the one most likely to be on a roster. I I don't think I've seen him dropped in any of my leagues with. 24 players or, or more. So he's, no, me neither. he's probably still on a roster. Somebody that took him, they drafted him one, one, they took him one, two, uh, as, as both of us did when we had the chance and they're still, still just hanging on. What about Chad Williams in Arizona? He was, he was the last guy I had on my list. It, it really, uh, decent, but they have to add somebody. Yeah, it really seemed like this was his chance. Uh, he, he was, I, I guess technically more experienced than Christian Kirk, you know, by, by one year. And they had lost so much from last season. It, it felt like this was his time and, and he, he really squandered it. He didn't do much of anything. Yeah. I can't say I'm super excited about that. Now, it's probably going to be a bad offense again next year. You, if he does get on the field, you know, when some of these guys, I mean, a guy like him, like he's so far away from being able to start him on a Sunday and during the season for you. I don't think it's worth it. Next question from our buddy Freakzilla. He always hits us up with some questions. We appreciate it. He's got two of them this time. What are the values of Antonio Brown and AJ Green in a dynasty league? Well, first of all, we know that their values are falling, both of them. Um, obviously, in Green's case, with the injury, that's that's always going to hurt. But uh, even as productive as Brown has been this year, his value is falling as well, and, and it's, if nothing else, it's age-related. Um, so Yeah, but my, I wouldn't mind scooping either up, though, right now. I mean, before A.J. Green got hurt, I gave up two firsts in this future draft for A.J. Green, and the guy threw in Derrick Henry. Well, that's looking a lot better now. <laughs> right. I mean, that was like six weeks ago or so. Yeah. I, I, and, and they were late first. I think you could... I think you could buy green for a first rounder and a second, not much else. Yeah. Maybe a second. Uh, we just mentioned Christian Kirk's name, something like that. Christian Kirk in a first rounder that buys AJ green. Um, and he's got a lot of productive years left. You think? Yeah. I mean, a lot. I mean, he's great. I mean, he's got five or six more productive years left. I bet. Oh no, we disagree there. Same with AB. I mean, maybe that's too much. Maybe it's four or five. Yeah, I just... I'm not seeing decline from either player. I just... 
I think there's other circumstances that have hurt their numbers. I'm definitely more confident in in Brown. Um, I mean, you you have to be given uh, given the injury history with Green and just the team situation, but. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about four or five years, that's that's a ton when you're over 30. It is. Maybe that's a little generous. But I think both are wide receiver ones the next two years. I mean, I mean, they're both... I mean, AB's going to be a first-round pick in redraft next year, don't you think? Mm. And, and Green will be a two. No. You're not giving me that, huh? I mean, maybe on Brown, I don't think Green will be a two. I think Green will be maybe a, a fourth rounder, something like that, in a redraft, and probably in Dynasty as well. Okay. I just think they're both playing really well, and I'm not seeing decline. So, I mean, but what are the values? Well, like I said, Green, I, th- I think you're a first and a prospect, or a first and a later pick, and then Brown, more expensive, uh, two first rounders, probably still. Okay. Uh, but... You know, like, uh, like what kind of running back would you swap straight up for a B? I mean, like, I'd rather have McCaffrey. I'd rather have that group, but. Uh, I think I would probably look at my, I think Connor is my RB nine right now, I believe. So I'm probably taking eight running backs over him. Yeah. I bet I could easily come up with eight. Like I'd rather mix in. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're not too far off. Still certainly carrying a lot of value is Brown. But again, it's it's not what it was a year ago. It's not what it was at the beginning of the season. True, true. I can't argue that. Ryan, as I often bring up, I like to tell people about our friends over at Harry's. And many podcasts ago and many years ago, they sponsored a different podcast that I've been on. I've been on a lot. And I got hooked on Harry's and I shave with them every day. And I never miss a day shaving. I have a very sensitive skin. So I used an electric for many years. But then I found Harry's. So it's holiday time, though. And this is why Harry's makes a perfect gift. They make very long-lasting quality products at a super reasonable price. They got a 4.5 out of 5-star rating on Trustpilot. They're German engineer blades for as low as $2 a piece. And I'll say that when I did use... I, I get more lasting... I use these blades longer than I do the other ones, and even though they're cheaper. It's a practical gift that he'll actually use. Save them money on blade refills in the meantime. You can personalize it to make them feel special. You can choose a color now that's right for him with limited edition holiday handles. Personal engraving options. There is, it's ready to gift set. Comes with handsome gift box. There's gift sets starting at just 10 bucks. There's a 100% quality guarantee. So if he doesn't love it, returns are quick and hassle-free. I can't recommend it anymore. So... As a special offer for the fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set you want, including our limited edition holiday sets when you go to harrys.com slash dynasty. Uh, that's all caps. Make sure you do all caps. I'm not sure if that matters or not. But this offer is for new and returning customers and is only available for the holidays. So with each Harry's shaving set, you get a wonderful weighted handle, an option to engrave, German-engineered five-blade cartridges that provide a close, comfortable shave, foaming shave gel for a rich lather, it smells great, a travel cover to protect your blades, and a, ho- a handsome holiday gift box. So, um, shipping cuts off, shipping cutoffs this week, so act now. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now and get $5 off any shave set while supplies last. That's harrys.com slash dynasty.
Matt, we have one more question from our buddy Freakzilla. How many 2018 rookie running backs are better than all of the 2019 rookie running backs? This is more up your alley. Yeah, uh, well, I, I think the answer might surprise Freakzilla and maybe others. Uh, obviously, Barkley is... Barkley. Uh, yeah, no discussion needed there. And, and I think Chubb is, well, not, no in, discussion uh, not in that co- category. I think he's a lock for this question that I would, I would prefer Chubb over any of the 2019 rookies after that. I think it, I think it becomes a debate. Uh, really? I think Darius guys, you know, we've got some recent news on him with this infection and this setback. That's, that has to be a little bit of a concern. We've got the injury issues, injury history of Michelle and carry on Johnson. I think that pushes them down a little bit and, I haven't loved how Michelle's looked in the pros. I like them better in Georgia. Just the way he moves. It, yeah, yeah, I agree. It really felt like, or it feels like, they're trying to use him totally differently, or in, in a totally different way than than they did at Georgia. And mm-hmm. uh, trying to make him basically a bell cow back and not using him at all in the uh, in the receiving game, not getting him out wide very much, or... I don't know. Yeah, just I don't like his elusiveness. I don't like his agility as much as I thought. It looks like he's a little heavier than he should be. Kind of using him like a battering ram a little too much. I don't know. I I liked him more before I saw him in the pros. So for me, I I think at this point it's only it's only the the two. It's only Barkley and Chubb. And uh, some people are certainly going to disagree with that and might have four or five or six of these guys. You know, Penny. Ronald Jones, but both of those guys have have obviously been disappointing. Uh, Royce Freeman as well in that group a little bit disappointing. We've we've seen flashes from Naheem Hines, Ido Smith, uh, Kalen Balage last week, obviously, but th- those guys are not ready to really fit into that question yet. So f- for me, it's two, and and I'm I'm really excited to see where these 2019 rookie running backs land. I don't even know who my RB1 is in in the 2019 class yet, honestly. I think a lot, uh, we're going to learn a lot based on draft capital, based on landing spot. They're they're so packed in closely right now that um, those things are going to determine value maybe more than they have in the past few years. I, I have so much more work to do on the rookies, so don't take this with a grain of salt, but I think... From what I know, though, I would prefer carry on and Geis to the the field. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, that's. I think you're probably in line with the majority uh, there, and, and the majority might have Sony Michelle in that group as well. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the bird in the hand argument. Next question from Matt. I, I said we'd talk about Kareem Hunt a little bit more, and now is the time. Matt says, what is Kareem Hunt's trade value, and what is your opinion of his future? So you kind of already answered the second question. You think he gets signed this offseason, is suspended, and becomes a starter once he returns from that suspension. Do you think there's... Uh, the so the six game suspension has been thrown around a lot. That that is the uh, I guess the default suspension for domestic violence. Of course, this is not technically domestic violence. So to me, 
First offense. Uh, right. I, I mean, we're not, well, first offense, according to, um, I, I guess he, he hasn't been punished yet for an offense, but reports are that they're, uh, they're, they're checking out what they're investigating three different. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Right. Yeah. Three different issues. Um, something at, at a club. I, I don't even know, but it's, having three separate instances is obviously not good. Um, I, I think, and we're not, <laughs> we're not going to get into the debate of violence versus domestic violence, but the domestic violence carries the automatic six game ban because this is not technically domestic violence. The way I see it, they can give him any penalty they want. They can, they can be indefinite. Uh, they can suspend him for a year. They can do an indefinite suspension. So, uh, just from that aspect, it it might not be a good thing that people wanted to clarify that it was not domestic violence. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I just kind of assumed he'd get the six because it's so similar, and I bet that's how it goes. But you're right. If they find a lot of instances, it could be a year. It could be indefinite. You could be maybe we won't see him again. Um, I've heard the Eagles are interested, though, because they need a back. They don't have much cap space. You know, he's not expensive. What if he lands there? I mean, now you're talking about it for, for fantasy. Wow. Yeah, that that would obviously be pretty much a, a best-case landing spot. I, I think, as I've heard people talk about his, his potential value or, or if he even plays again, there's there's so much to kind of unpack with this situation. One thing I haven't heard talked about too much, at least is wherever he lands uh, outside of two or three teams, it's going to be a downgrade when you think about the situation for sure. So maybe every team, right? So regardless of He's how, not be a how or a teams Ram. are valuing him or, or how long the suspension might be, what we have to, basically accept is he's not going to be in a situation as good as Kansas city was. So uh, that alone is a downgrade uh, separate from all the other pieces. Yes. Um, quick, quick question for you on this. I mean, if any listener has decided that they've seen the video and they don't want this player on their team for ethical reasons, so be it. I mean, I, I'm putting that aside. I'm yep. just talking yep. strict cold business here. I offer you Jarrett McKinnon for him. No. Geis. Yes. Henry. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I think I can flip Henry, then yeah. You don't want to live with him. No. Aaron Jones. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's the easiest one, right. How about Michelle? Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're all birds in the hand, basically. So McKinnon yeah. was a no. So I, 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 I think I moved the, the the weekend that this all came out, maybe even the day that that this story all came out. Um, I think I moved Hunt from RB8 to RB19, something like that. And that that's pretty much where he still still is, I believe, as we just kind of wait and see how this all plays out. But, but as, as we've already said, that wait and see might be a year from now. I did check out the DLF Trade Finder to look for some recent Kareem Hunt trades. Uh, the first thing that stood out is there have not been many. So again, this this tool scans uh, actual 
dynasty leagues on my fantasy league and pulls trade information from them uh, that, that we can look up to gauge value. It's, it's an awesome tool to use. Uh, there've only been two over the, over the last, um, since it's gone down really. Well, there were, there were several that same weekend. Uh, but honestly, they, I think that's when we were still trying to figure it out. So let's, let's get to, um, uh, that was the, the first weekend of December, I believe. So let's get to like the seventh. So let's say the past 12 days, 14 days, something like that. Because that first weekend, he was still a chief. You know, like he wasn't on the open market yet. Right. Well, for a little bit. Uh, For for a day or two, yeah. Anyway, over over the past 10 or 12 days, there have only been two dynasty trades, uh, according to the trade finder, involving Kareem Hunt. One was Kareem Hunt for Devontae Booker and a third rounder. Oh, I want Hunt. Right. So that's, I mean, that's essentially giving him away. And and again, if, if that's your stance that... It, right, that's totally different. Just, yeah, you're just you don't want him go, on your right. roster no matter what. Then sure, take whatever you can get, take your best offer, and I'm I'm not going to fault you from that fault you for that from a strategy perspective. Um, it, it's not something I'm going to do, but I, I I would say I understand it. The other one was really interesting. Uh, so it's Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham on one side. On the other side is my guy Juju. Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith. So again, that, that oh, feels like <laughs> that feels like giving, <laughs> yeah, right. Giving hunt away, which is fine, but it also might be giving Odell away. Um, as, as much as you I love, like, like, you love Juju, but would you trade me Odell for Juju and Coleman? Uh, no, no, right. <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm not quite there yet. Uh, with, I think I have Odell as wide receiver one or two, and I've got Juju as five, I think. Um, so I feel like I'm certainly pretty high on Juju, but uh, yeah, that, that trade was a surprise to me. I don't know. Maybe, you know, Odell has his own off-field issues, certainly not in that same category by any means, but um, he's a player that I've seen some dynasty owners say, I'm I'm done with this guy, right? Not but, me. I'll take him. <laughs> not me right. either. Not Call me, me up. Either, but, right. Yeah. But maybe, uh, maybe this guy was was just done with the the antics, right? All you right, mentioned right. you mentioned Booker, and it made me think: Would you rather have Hunt or Freeman or Lindsey? I'd rather have Hunt over Freeman, and Lindsey over Hunt. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. But that one's not slam dunks to me. With Lindsey. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think he's an all, a full-time player. Next question from George. George says, is it worth trading 2019 draft picks for 2020? And he says that 2020 is the better class, especially in a super flex league. I agree with that, but we've, we've talked about this one on here as well. I, I'm not giving, you know, I'm not giving away a $5 bill today for a $5 bill a year from now. I, I just don't think that's smart business regardless of the class. Um, now, if you're talking about trading a late first for a first you think is going to be a top five pick, that's that's different. But um, trading but rate, things have rate, changed so much, though, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've seen a lot of people doing this and and happily doing this, honestly, just flipping 2019 first or 2020 first. 
with it's a long time to wait to get a guy right, that can help right, you. Right. So, no, I don't think it's worth it. Many other people would disagree and say it is. Um, and again, if you're if you're picking on the worst team in the league and he's always got the 101, 102, yeah, go for that. Uh, well, yeah, if you see a terrible owner. Otherwise, great. I don't like the I don't like the plan. I, I do like the idea though of you're making a smaller deal and hey, throw in a twenty third. You know, and try to accumulate those, you know, the seconds and thirds for down the road as opposed to this draft. And just if if the guy's ambivalent when you're making a trade and say, eh, make it a 2020. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I like that strategy as well. Next question. I'm going to let you have this one. Adam says, is Alex Collins good? Uh, interesting because he fell out of favor for fumbling. And one of his problems is now with Lamar Jackson in there. Well, first of all, he's no Kenneth Dixon, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help myself. I knew, but, I knew Kenneth Dixon would be brought up tonight. <laughs> but the problem is, because Lamar Jackson is so unique and so difficult to defend, that it's really hard to play the true running game. So I think what they want, if you can't have a star, of course, is they want a guy like Edwards... That is just a straight-ahead hammer because there's often going to be holes there. They don't want any dancing, and Collins is too much of a dancer. You know, I mean, they just want a, you know, Sammy Morris-type guy. You know, just a boom, straight-ahead, don't dance. There's going to be something there. Get an extra yard on your own and really wear these guys down because we're going to run the ball 100 times. I think it's interesting that you brought up fumbles. Because Lamar Jackson has a fumbling issue. Oh, right? yeah. Ball He's, security problems. He has started five games. He has nine fumbles. Only two quarterbacks in the league have more. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. Obviously, they have each started every game for uh, for their respective teams. And Lamar's fumbled five times. I'm sorry, nine times in five games. That's so, crazy. Uh, you know, we can chalk some of that up to being a rookie, being new to the system, and trying to run the ball more than, I mean, obviously the, all three of those quarterbacks are could be labeled as running quarterbacks, and, and those that are... They're going to fumble more. Yeah, the, those that are moving around the field with the ball in their hands are, are going to fumble more. But I still, that's still something that's kind of been in the back of my mind that I am a, a little concerned about when it comes to... Lamar's long-term job security. Yeah, I want to expand upon that a little bit because, first of all, I think his pocket presence needs a lot of work. You know, protecting the ball in the pocket, feeling the rush, quarterback things. Also, more than just fumbling, he takes way too many big hits. I mean, he, like, Russell Wilson's great at avoiding the big hit. And Jackson is taking a beating. And I don't mind seeing, like, Allen take a beating or Ham take a beating, but this guy's little and slight like RG three. He his durability scares the heck out of me right now. Um, and lastly, I mean, for them to win, they're not going to beat people by twenty. They're not going to put up tons of points. They can't lose a turnover battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do think Jackson has gotten better these last couple games as far as taking the hits. I mean, if you, uh, I'm sure you watched him. Um, probably all these games it, it, he's getting out of bounds earlier, right? He's, he's doing those things 
to I'm sure they've emphasized it to them. Right. Well, they even they even made a point of that on uh, on the telecast uh, last week. The the announcers did that he had worked with RG3, which is a you know, a great player to have on that team. I'm sure that's uh, one of the big reasons they kept him around. Uh, but he had worked with RG3 and and Griffin had just encouraged Jackson, encouraged Jackson you can't take these big hits. You've got to get out of bounds. You've got to slide um, and avoid these these shots, or <laughs> you're not you're not going to be long for the league. No, you're 100 right. So Alex Collins, good or no? Not good. Not really, but no. he'll be on a different team as a backup next year. Like maybe he's James Connors' backup. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he'll be somewhere. That's why I am. He's 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 worth the roster spot, but he's not mm-hmm. going to be he's not going to be a, a fantasy starter. He might be a nice guy if you're making a trade. Hey, throw in Collins and you got a deal. Yeah. yeah. And they'll be like, okay, I don't like him anyways. Next question from Matt. We kind of hinted at this one at the beginning of the show. Matt says, how do you guys overcome a, a youth-filled team, tons of promise, but once it comes to the playoff playoffs, you're let down? The dynasty mindset is to buckle down and keep improving, but it can get tough to stay the course when winning is the main goal. I understand that. I think a lot of people understand that. We talked about uh, the, you know, the the tough past couple weeks. I actually put a question on Twitter to see how people were feeling about this and was really surprised at the results. Uh, so, so the way the the question was, uh, how are you handling the frustrating past couple weeks of of the fantasy playoffs? And the options were quit. Meaning, <laughs> meaning I, I'm going to quit playing dynasty or fantasy football. Uh, I'm going to play Can't best. I'm going to play best ball dynasty leagues. So in, in that format, of course, you you don't submit a lineup. It just pulls your best lineup. Uh, if you're familiar with MFL tens, it's that same format in dynasty. Uh, third option was adjust the payouts. I saw a lot of talk about let's reward in season uh, dominance. The the strong teams that are uh, consistent from, you know, throughout the regular season. So adjust payouts, maybe reward those. And then the other category I ask, I ask people to comment and I got a lot of comments uh, spanning from uh, people were going to focus more on DFS. They were dropping leagues. Uh, a, a lot of comments that basically said, suck it up. Right. This this happens. It happens every year. Uh, The best teams don't always win, which is certainly true in the NFL as well. But of my four options, I was shocked that quit was the most popular. (laughs) Yeah, 36, 36 percent of the people uh, and that that got a couple thousand votes. Thirty six percent of the people are are taking their ball and going home. They're giving up. Uh, And I, I really hope they. Uh, they come back. Their mind. Right. Yeah, come back. Maybe that was a hasty decision. Just damn, I had Keenan Allen. I'm done. Yeah. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> My heart just exploded. Uh, real quick on that though, I started playing fantasy with my high school buddies, and we still do that way, way back in you know, like you know, many years ago, before I knew anything about you know doing this for a living or anything along those lines. And in that league, we split the pot fifty percent for total point winner, twenty five percent for Super Bowl winner. 25% for second points winner. And that's the only way I knew for 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And it shocked me that there's so much emphasis on the Super Bowl and it's made me crazy ever since. Like 
because, you know, like that league right now, I'm winning by a wide margin over the other 11 dudes in there. And I happened to get knocked out last week. But I clearly have the best team. I mean, it's not even close. I should make the most money. Yeah, I, I think of those, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not quitting. And I, I honestly don't enjoy best ball dynasty leagues. I know that's uh, that's a favorite of, of many. But for me, it, it just I just see my activity go down. If I'm not in there and trying to make trades. Of course, most of those best ball leagues, you, you don't trade during, at least during the regular season, you don't trade and you're, you're not making waiver moves. I, I just kind of lose interest in the league. Honestly, I'm in a couple, bet, yeah. one of them I haven't checked in quite a while. I know there's nothing team, you can do, right? I know my team's not great, so I don't even really look to see how I scored from week to week. I, I I do think adjusting payouts to something like you're talking about is, is probably the best option if you're frustrated. And maybe the real best option is just just get over it. This happens every single <laughs> Tough year. Tough it up. Just, right. This happens every year. Deal with it. And, and this past week was an odd one. We all get that. And it cost a lot of people some money, but it also made some people some money. Yep. Next question from Richard. Richard says, can you have a Matt Breda, Jarek McKinnon conversation? Can or will Jarek McKinnon be cut if they're both 49ers? Is that just a running back by committee that we don't want any part of? Uh, so let's start there. Um, McKinnon can be cut. Certainly uh, there were a, a lot of, there was a lot of talk uh, following his injury that his contract was a glorified one year deal. The 49ers could get out of that pretty easily. I looked at the numbers. It's, it's not that easy. Uh, $6 million in dead cap if they cut him uh, this offseason. So that's, I don't know, that's in the middle, I guess. Like, that's that's not something that they would jump at the chance to do to get rid of him. But if they really wanted to, they they would bite that bullet and, and make that move. I don't think we've seen enough from Breda or any of the other guys that they could feel comfortable doing that. No, I don't either. I think McKinnon's a great buy low right now. I just absolutely believe that no matter who they put in there, they put up running back numbers. I mean, that we, that system is tried and true. And it wasn't long ago that they loved McKinnon, and McKinnon didn't do anything wrong between now and then. And they, and they have cap space. They're not desperately in need to, to free up you know, $5, 6000000 million or whatever it is. I think he's going to be the man. Although the Coleman-Freeman conversation is a good one because Shanahan has used a dual backfield. But I've said it before the last couple of weeks, like, Brita is, it takes a beating, man. Like, I don't think he's going to be in the equation for a long term. Yeah, if you've got both of these guys healthy, then that's an exciting backfield, right? McKinnon's, yeah, right. McKinnon's explosive. Brita's kind of a bruiser who can do a little bit of everything. The problem is both of these guys have an injury history that's a concern, and it's pretty easy to fast forward to the middle of 2019 and imagine both of these guys on the IR, which, uh, which is scary. So whether they like Jeff Wilson or, or, you know, Mozart or one of these other guys, I think they have to have kind of a plan C in, in place. Yeah. I I don't disagree with any of that. And, And I do think if both are healthy though, the running back production pie is still pretty big. For sure. For sure. And, and I would be, I would be happy with either of those guys on my team. 
I'm just not going to pay. I'm probably not going to pay the prices it would cost. And McKinnon is going to be like most of these other players. His, he got hurt. His value dropped a ton. It's He's kind of remained under the radar. And now that we're getting close to the offseason, dynasty owners are going to think best case scenario and, and his value is going to go up because of that. Yeah. I don't have a lot to add on that one, but don't go shoveling a grave for McKinnon quite yet. Yeah. Are you giving a late first for McKinnon? No, but early second. Okay. Next question from Tubaka, another another uh, listener who always hits us up with questions. We appreciate it. He's got a good one. Trade Kenny Galladay for Patrick Mahomes. And he says, assume you have four other strong wide receivers. So straight up, Galladay or Mahomes in a one quarterback dynasty league? Galladay. I mean, I, res- I respect Mahomes, and maybe he makes you reevaluate the quarterback by committee or, you know, late-round quarterback ideas because he's so good. But he's a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, I- Galladay's a really good player to me. I mean, we did that startup, that mock startup, and Galladay was, what, like a third-rounder, a fourth-rounder? I know Mahomes is in that range, too, but I, I can get a quarterback anywhere. Yeah, they do have they they do have similar value if you're looking at ADP or or dynasty rankings anything like that. Um, I, I think this is another one we're going to disagree. I think I'm going with the quarterback here, which uh, is is kind of a surprise even to myself. But I mean, Mahomes and and, and people want to talk about Watson last year or Wentz last year that that these guys just gain value quickly and it's kind of fleeting. Well, well, first of all. It's really not. Both of those guys still have a ton of value. Neither of those guys put up numbers like Mahomes, uh, like Mahomes has this year. He, he's not it's in that. Yeah, he's not in that category. I don't think. I mean, when when you're looking at when you're looking at record breaking numbers potentially, and you're talking about Manning and Favre and and Brady and and all these names that he's being thrown into the mix with. It's not just, you know, it's not a fleeting thing, I don't think. I think he's phenomenal, and he's in a great situation with a great coach, and it won't get any worse. And clearly, he's the dynasty one. And maybe, you know, if you do have four other strong receivers, and you're not sure who to start, and you get Mahomes and plug him in for the next 10 years, I get it. But in a vacuum, I'd rather have Galladay just for position. Next question comes from from Varinas. He says, what's the 2019 outlook for Jeff Wilson Jr., Jalen Samuels, and Daryl Williams? So, Matt, we'll let you start with Jalen Samuels. How do you see that going? Yeah, I mean, I know he just had a really good game, and I do think he's a good receiver. Um, At best, he's Connors, too, and not in any sort of committee. I still think they probably add somebody. Yeah. that that Patriot defense is pretty bad. I was not impressed with Samuels the week before. I think if you can move him, you know, if he never plays again this year, which is possibility, you might be able to get pretty good value for him this off season when you know you're able to do some trading again. Yeah, I think I kind of see it the same way. And and what we know about Pittsburgh is they're not really a, a running back by committee type team, right? They they get their one guy and whoever that one guy is for that week, whether it's Le'Veon Bell or Samuels or Connor or D'Angelo Williams, that's who it is. We saw D'Angelo Williams tear up the league uh, in the past three or four years. 
during his his time as starter and when bell came back williams was was just a spectator so it it didn't matter how great uh williams had been and i think we can say the same for samuels although he he hasn't been in that same category right d'angelo williams was the rb1 a couple weeks in a row yeah samuels had one good game yeah and then he just went straight back to the bench so yeah, if you can if you can get a second rounder for Samuels, I think it's a smash accept. Agreed. Uh, any any thoughts on Wilson or Daryl Williams? Any we, we kind of talk Niners. I mean, yeah. I have a hard time believing Wilson's going to be in the mix, but Breida gets hurt, and then you kind of like him again. Or McKinnon gets hurt, which could happen, obviously, and you kind of like. I mean, I like the player, I like the situation when he's on the field. He's just kind of buried. Yeah, I, I like Wilson more than Daryl Williams. I don't think yeah. Daryl. I don't think Daryl Williams is worth a roster spot um, at all. I, I do kind of like Wilson if you're if your league's deep enough. You've got to have probably have to have twenty six, twenty seven man roster spots to hang on to him this off season. But if that's how deep your league is, go for it. Matt, last question of the night. This one comes from John Aaron Rodgers trade value in rookie picks. And he notes that he's also got Patrick Mahomes, so that's nice. Of there you John. go. Yeah. And you got to make that deal. Cert- certainly makes uh, Aaron Rodgers a-, a-, a tradable asset there. Well, uh, you, you can't get a first. To. You can't get a first. You agree, though, this is the lowest Rodgers stock has been, I mean, since I've been playing Dynasty. Right. I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I would trade him for a pick because, I, like I just said, I, I don't think you're getting a first-rounder. And are you just are you trading Rodgers for a random second, a mid second? Eh. I right. think I mean I think that's where the value is. I that's, mean, trading him for James Washington or Dante Pettis. So I mean, it yeah. seems like it's crazy talk. Like one guy's going to the Hall of Fame, and the other ones have you know had a decent couple plays. Yeah, I, I think I'd I'd hold him uh, if if that's the best I could get. If you're moving him and if you have Mahomes, you probably should move him. I actually have both of them in a league. Maybe uh, maybe uh, I can trade Aaron Rodgers to you in Hyperactive 4. I think I have both those guys there. Um, if you're moving him, your best case is probably to package him with a running back or a wide receiver and try to get an upgrade at, at those spots. Some starter, um, like an every week starter type guy. Yeah, or an option going back to that 2020 class is – Trading Rodgers and a second rounder for a 2021st. Maybe that's how you get the first round. Hmm. I was going to say just Rodgers for a 2021st, but I think your deal gets it done. Yeah. That, that's pretty sweet. I don't I don't think yours does, actually. No. Uh, I don't think you're getting a first rounder for him at all uh, in, in a one quarterback league. Mm-hmm. I mean, could, would you trade him for a guy like Geis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, never yeah. mind. That was a dumb question. I mean, I think you could probably look at... 20 running backs to take even mm-hmm. up for him. Something like that. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and Trade him for way. Hunt. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah, right. I'll take Hunt. All right, Matt. Great stuff tonight. We've got uh, we've got more questions, so we're, we're going to get together again later in the week. We'll have another listener question show for you guys then. Uh, uh, we're going to do our best to get some more shows your guys' way here than we have been doing. The life's been getting in the way a little too much. Yeah, absolutely. No, no more missed weeks. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.